and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavuta Yerdena Osband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Yevamot, daf Sadi Tet, page 99. We're nearing the 100 mark. Um, another case from the top of our daf, which then leads again into, our daf goes into a, really a very long Mishnah, which Yerdena is going to handle. Um, okay. We have here a case of, as well, Tana Rabbanan, Yesh Cholet Imo Misafek. There's a case, and it feels like the riddles, where one does chalitza with his mother, which should never, ever be an issue, right? But it's from a case of suffix, meaning just to be sure. Now, what's the case that you needed just to be sure? Why would you ever have a situation where you would need to do chalitza to make sure that there's no requirement of yibum with one's old mother? Likewise with his sister because of a suffix, a doubt, an uncertainty. Or likewise with his daughter, and again we're going to say, come on, these should not ever even be in the in the realm of possibility of a suffix. Um, okay, and of course the fact that there could, never could be yibum between each of these you know dynamics between this guy and his mother or his sister or his daughter should automatically have a say. Like, come on, there should never be a need for since there cannot be a legal requirement for yibum, there should never be a need for yib- for chalitza. Why would this ever happen? So the gemara. Okay, so the Gemara goes on. How could it be that the man would have chalitza with his sister, again, from Safek, from a doubt? So now, this again, two women are in the cave and they give birth, but this time, it's not, not necessarily a cave, a hiding place, whatever, uh, where they can't easily identify or be certain that they've identified the correct baby as their own, as each of their own. Um, and instead of having boys, this time they have girls. And they have a half-brother on the father's side, meaning one of these girls does, and he comes and marries, you know, one of them. They don't share the same mother. Maybe even both of them, each of them have a brother who comes. And the brothers then die without having children. And then they would do chalitza with both of these girl babies who are born in the hiding place to make sure that the one that was the potential sister, meaning one is for sure not the sister, not not even a half-sister, and the other is a half-sister. So you do chalitza with both of them just in case. So we've taken care of this, you know, the original case. Why would How could it ever be that you would end up with chalitza? Now, I will say, Yordana, that I think that here, the very fact that you end up with, you know, two brothers coming to the two sisters, etc., like the more we end up with the building of this case to include all of the possible ramifications, I think the more we can establish it as, you know, establishing parameters and not, you know, it's not that this came before the court and they had to figure out what to do. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know how real these cases actually are, but, but who knows? (laughs) Uh, listen, we live in a post, you'll forgive me, post-Holocaust era, and we know that all kinds of crazy things that never, ever, could ever, ever happen, happened, right? So so I can accept that there might have been a case where some portion of one of these crazy, you know, crazy um, scenarios really had reason to be, to play out, but not all of the details, Right. Like it's one thing to say that maybe there was ba- there were babies who were switched at birth and that is implications for Yibum. And so instead you do Khalitza. Fine. But to say that there were babies who were switched at birth and then they marry brothers and then the brothers both die below Bani, meaning there's so many factors to make sure that Yibum would be relevant. 
And that's already, I, I feel like all of those details happening for all of the different players is too much, I think. Um, okay, but we have another case here. Levi told me, how could it be that a man would be required to do chalitza with his own daughter, even from Safek, even out of, a, out of concern for a what if, for a just in case? So now the two women who are in the cave, instead of being mothers or the, the son's mother or his stepmother or whatever, here we've got a case of a wife, the wife of this man and another woman are both in the cave or again, the hiding place. I'm sorry, and they gave birth to two girls. And the brothers come and they marry them. And they both both brothers die and without children. Maybe that happened more often than we could possibly imagine in times of war when young people kind of got married and then went out to war sooner than they wanted to or should have or I don't know who wants to go out to war. Then each of them meaning each of the spouses of the original women who went to give birth in this hiding place, um, once those brothers of the daughters would die, no, I'm sorry, I'm not saying it right. It doesn't, it still doesn't make sense to me. Let me just read it one through, through one more time. The brothers, okay, the brothers of the husbands of those women come to do, no, that doesn't work either. Why is this not working as well? I'm going to read it again more carefully. I'm sorry, folks. So a man's wife and another woman who's not connected both give birth in a hiding place and they have daughters. And the brothers of this man whose wife is there and the brothers of the other woman's husband come forward and they marry those daughters, meaning it's uncles marrying nieces, the, the babies. And now they've died. Those brothers died without having children. So now the husbands of those original two women will do chalitza because of the, the dead brothers who married the babies. And each of them, each of the husbands of the women who gave birth in the cave or the hiding place, both of them will do chalitza just to be sure that there was no yibum requirement with again, really, the goal is to make sure there's no yibum requirement with the other, with the other girl. There was never a yibum requirement with their own daughter, but they don't know which is which, or they can't be hundred percent certain which is which. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I I find this to be a very radical ruling that you know, Balitza was someone who you know is your mother. I, I mean, I, I think it emphasizes. Well, you don't know like, which it is. You don't know what is it. the whole point of Yibum is it allows Yibum is allowing an error that normally would. And the fact that you are so worried about the Yibum Chalitza piece that you even do Chalitza with your mother, I just think shows you like how radical Yibum actually is. That's oh, all. interesting. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. You know, because like even that relationship, right, which is like everybody would categorize it. Of course, that's an error that nobody's going to allow it any 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 circumstance but like maybe brother's wife you could sort of see how in a particular cultural time might be allowed right like crosses a bunch of other taboos it's interesting that you still need to do chalitza on the off chance because of the other person you would have to do yibum with that's all it's like it emphasizes something about the strength of yibum okay 
I'm going to move on now to a ridiculously long, confusing Mishnah. Okay. <laughs> Again, talking about children whose, you know, parentage or identity is so clear. So a woman's child becomes mixed up with her daughter-in-law. And the children get, you know, the, the mixed up children, uh, I love how they're called, the mixed up. Go, uh, grow, you know, get big together. They go to adulthood. The Nasuna, she marry woman. Husband, two male children. Umetu, they both die childless. Right? So the identifiable sons, the known of the daughter-in-law do chalitza with the two widows, but don't do mivo. Because it's uncertain which of the widows would actually be the brother's wife. Or it might be their father's brother's wife, who is for, you know, who However, the identifiable sons, the known sons of the mother, the right, can do chalit widow because they're because there it's the uncertainty of the brother's wife, the Aisha ben Achib or the brother's son's wife, and those would be permitted. But a father's, um, but a father's uh, brother's wife would always be a sore. You sort of see that it's a little bit different uh, because it has to do with what the safek, what the doubt actually is. Meitu aksherim. Let's say the uh, the sons. What they, now they call them kasher here, but it means they're actually known. They die without children. Hataruvot. So now the ones who were not clear who their father is, right, uh, or who their mother is, we just don't know who their parents are. Excuse me. They have. What do they do? Because now they're the ones who are obligated in yibum. The widows of the older, you know, the mother's sons, because for those men, it's a suffix of his brother's wife, which would be permitted through the or a suffix of his father's brother's wife, which would be forbidden. But with the widows of the daughter in law's sons, one does chalitza does yibam right because um because uh neither one can do yibam first because it could be the woman's uncle and not her brother-in-law but uh if the first one was the uncle and the second one is the yavam right actually doing yibam uh the right way um and then there's another case here called if a Cohen's wife becomes mixed up with the child of her slave, and it's not know which one is a Cohen and which one is the child of the slave, again, they both can eat truma, and they both receive one portion of truma at the uh, at the Goran, right? The Gemara is going to explain later on what, what that on the next Amud. Um, but they both cannot make themselves Tame uh, for the for the dead. This is true even of a coin where there's a suffix kahuna. The ain't no sinashin, and when they get uh, and they can't get married, bank shero bank sulav. Neither to women who are fit, women who are unfit to marry Jew. So on the one hand they get truma, but on the other hand they're not allowed to marry and they can't self tame because of the issue. He Let's say these children grow into adulthood, right? This Cohen son and possible Cohen son 
and possible son of a slave. And they free each other. In other words, they don't know who's who. So they say, in case you get freed. They can marry. They still cannot continue for the dead. And if they do contaminate themselves, they don't malchut because again, it's a it's a suffix. They do not eat truma because again, one of them is freed and is no longer a kohen, right? And also isn't in the kohen's house anymore because we know that truma does go to a kohen slaves. But if they accident, ordinarily, if you truma. You have to repay it back plus a fifth, but you don't have to here. And they don't get a portion of the truma at the, uh, at the, uh, at the, in other words, um, since neither of them get it, since the one who is a freed slave, just again, has the status of just being an ordinary uh, Yisrael. They get that portion as well. Um they can sell to a coin the truma that they separated from their own produce and the proceeds of those sales they can keep too because the law is that a coin also has to separate truma from his produce but he can keep the truma for himself so even a suffix coin has to separate truma and that's a whole interesting discussion but they don't necessarily have to a coin because they could say yeah prove to me that I'm basically not a coin right? The truma goes to them, right? But they can't actually eat the truma. They sell the truma in that case. They not the portion of anything that's kadosh in the, in the mikdash. They don't need lahem kachim. We don't give them kachim because again, there's a chance they may not be a coin. We don't remove, but we don't remove kachim from their possession if they have it. They're exempt from Having to give the four-legged jaw, the jaws, um, and uh, and the keva uh, to a coin. That those were parts of the body that always, if you brought a korban, had to be given uh, to a, a kohen. If you gave a sheep, goat, or an ox, um, and uh, the, the keva is like a part of the stomach. Um, and if they have a bachor, firstborn animal, which again, we're also given to the Kohanim, they leave it to graze until it becomes blemished. But when we pose upon these questionable Kohanim, the stringencies of a Kohanim and the stringencies of a Yisraeli, which is essentially what this Mishnah basically, uh, which is essentially what this Mishnah basically talks about. So a very interesting uh, Mishnah, I particularly interesting, right? What do you do with this category of uh, of a suffix, uh, of a suffix Kohen, um, and what what does it mean exactly? Now, there's going to be brisa uh, that goes on that talks about this whole thing of the Goren, right? So there are ten people who don't get truma at the Goren, even though they're entitled to eat truma themselves, but they don't get it. And then that that brisa lists who all of those people are. So just pay attention to that. Um, as well. But the idea of the Goran, the truma at the Goran is, is that it was basically that like you could go to the place actually, uh, what's the right word for that, Anne? What they do to, where, where they separate the weed out and you can get your truma actually there. Do you mean winnowing? Yeah, winnowing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, anyhow, so uh, you know, I I I, I, don't, I find the coin stuff to be particularly interesting here, but a uh, a very very long Mishnah. A very, very long Mishnah. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us for viewers where you get your podcasts. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this DAF. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank you.